The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 146 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I've become an activist for family caregiving since I retired from medical practice. Our topic today is Shattered Love, a film about pain and devastation caused by Alzheimer's disease. Alzheimer's disease is a brain disease that can't be stopped, reversed or cured. It's not a normal part of aging, though it's increasingly likely to affect people as they age, which means that it will affect more and more people as the population ages. It slowly destroys memory and thinking. It slowly destroys the ability to carry out the simplest of tasks. It slowly destroys speech. Someone well down the road of Alzheimer's disease may not be able to communicate that they have, for example, a painful sore in their mouth. Instead, they may become aggressive or even violent. It slowly destroys the ability to recognize even members of the person's own family. It can create major challenges for family caregivers, but some persons do live with it and live out their lives at home peacefully cared for by their family caregivers. Our guest today, Dawn Fields, is talking about the films she's producing, Shattered Love. It's a film about pain and devastation caused by Alzheimer's disease. Now, Dawn is an independent film producer and the president of Palm Street Films, a feature film production company based in Los Angeles. She has over 15 years of production experience working for such companies as 20th Century Fox, Lucasfilm, TriStar, ABC, NBC Universal, Morgan Creek, Rap Productions, Lorimar, Orion, and Iron Spelling. Originally from Atlanta, Georgia, she worked in the southeastern film market for over 10 years before moving to L.A. in 2000. And in L.A., she's worked as a producer, director and editor. She also has a background in development, acquisitions and independent distribution. And she has several other feature films in various stages, development and production. So welcome to the show, Dawn. Thank you, Dr. Atley. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Great. Now, Dawn, first question. Please just tell us a little bit more about your professional career as a film producer. Well, I started in the southeast in the early 90s in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, a lot of the big-budget films were coming through there, and it was giving a lot of us an opportunity to kind of get a taste of Hollywood that I don't think we would have gotten before. Um, and so that was a, a really good way to to learn. It was a very friendly community. 
um, very supportive community. And so I kind of came at filmmaking from a very brotherly, supportive way. Um, I came out to Los Angeles about 10 years ago and found it's a little bit different out here. It's a little bit more of a business out here. Uh, so now I've managed to kind of combine those two things. I, you know, I have the business sense and understand the way the business works, but I also come from it from a very supportive, organic, nurturing uh, type of background as well. Right. Dawn, I want to ask you about... Um how you saw things before you ever got involved in making this film. So, in particular, what did you see and think about family caregivers and their role in caring for family members living with conditions such as Alzheimer's disease? Dawn? Well, not that many people would consider this to be fortunate, but I've not had to deal with Alzheimer's in in my family personally, um, because my, both my parents died relatively young. So not that that's necessarily a good thing, but I, I did, it did mean that I have not had to go down this road myself personally. Um, I can tell you that before getting involved with this project and learning and researching and getting to know more about Alzheimer's, I always thought that the term caregiver meant someone in the hospital or a nursing home. I thought that was a professional term. Um, it wasn't until I really started getting experience with this and getting uh, more involved in the story that I realized that caregiver actually means more often than not the person at home giving the care of the person, usually family member or loved one. Um, so that was something kind of new to me. I didn't really realize that before. So it really changed my perceptions of even just what the term caregiver is. And, Dawn, given that this um, ep- episode and this show is about family caregivers, that really does go to the heart of what we're actually talking about. It, now, it does. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you, still in the beginnings, how and why did you first get involved in producing this film, Shattered Love? Well, I was between feature film projects, and I'm, the, I'm a very hands-on type of producer. I just really love being in production. I really like the process of making a movie. And I really just wanted to sink my teeth into something passionate and just go out and make a passion project. And, you know, something that can be turned around quickly, something that can be done fairly easily. Um, I have a huge following on Facebook as a film producer. I'm very big into social media. So I put the word out to all my uh, colleagues and other filmmakers that I interact with on Facebook and say, hey, I'm looking for a short film, you know, 10 pages or less that can, you know, that's passionate and gripping and you know, it was a meaningful story. And I ended up getting over 250 scripts. So it was a really huge response. And um, the script, Shattered Love, was the script that won that contest. And interestingly enough, it was written by a young mother in the U.K. Um, her name is Carly Street, and she's a fantastic writer. And she had had some, I think she had worked um, temporarily as a caregiver herself. And that's how the story came to her. And and also she had um, heard the story of a friend of hers talking about how devastated she was that her own mother didn't recognize her anymore and how painful that was. So the, the script was written based on her personal experience. And then when I read it, I was just so taken with it emotionally. I'm like, okay, I, I know this is the one. This is the project we were meant to do. It was interesting because 
what started out to be a very small weekend, quick turnaround, you know, easy, easy project, passion project, um, once the script got out to the world and people started reading it, agents, managers, actors, directors, crew members, once it got out there into, into the L.A. market and into the L.A. film community, it took on a life of its own. And what started out as just a little, you know, passion project became this great, big, huge thing that everybody in Hollywood wanted to be a part of. It's kind of become like this larger-than-life kind of thing, and we're kind of scrambling to keep up because, you know, one of the things that's difficult about short films is there's not a whole, whole lot of ways to finance them because you can't really go to investors. They don't really make their money back. So you have to look at grants, and you have to look at donations, and you have to look at angel investor. Or not, I don't even want to say the word investor, but angel donors and stuff like that. So it's just created a whole a much bigger you know, project than we had initially anticipated. Dawn, what I want to ask you, you used a, a, the, the phrase passion project which, if I may say so, I think is a wonderful way of describing it. Are you at heart a passion project producer? That is to say, is this the kind of thing you normally do, or is this particular film something of a departure from the way you normally work? No, I would say that I've always been someone who's been attracted to very dramatic, very heartbreaking, very heart-wrenching emotional-type projects. As a producer, I've never ever really been attracted to science fiction or action or even comedies, really. It's, it's always been the heartfelt dramas that have caught my attention and, you know, gotten my interest. Because, you know, making a movie is so incredibly difficult. Even when you have the money and you're fully funded, these big-budget Hollywood films, it's still an incredibly difficult process because there's so many people involved, there's so many elements involved. You know, everybody has kind of their own vision for the film, and so you have to try to find a team of people that you can pull together that have a similar vision so that your product turns out the way you want it in the end. Uh, so I don't tend to be drawn to the projects unless I'm passionate about them. Right. Now, is this method whereby you kind of sent out a request for ideas when you got that 200 um, responses, is that also your normal way of working, or was this something a little bit different? No, this was very different. Um, typically, well, there's, as a producer of a, like a feature film, there's a couple of different ways to, to find scripts. You can go to agents, and you can find writers in that genre or in that budget level that you want, and you simply hire them. Uh, sometimes you go out and you look for called, what's called spec scripts, and a spec script is something that's written on speculation, meaning you don't know if it's going to sell, you don't know if you're going to get the money for it. Um, so you have a writer write it on spec, or they write a spec script themselves for their own personal reasons, and then they send it out to the market and kind of shop it around. So you can either kind of hire a writer on assignment with your own concept and have them execute it, or you can go out into the world of spec scripts and find a script that already exists that a writer's written on their own, and you can purchase that or option it from them. So this was kind of more like that second uh, strategy, only, only, only it was with a short film. And since it was a short film and something that could be written relatively quickly, um, a lot of the writers that submitted had just sat down and actually written a 10-minute piece just for this contest. So that's a little unusual. That's a little bit different. But screenplay contests are certainly very popular. 
it happens all the time. There are hundreds of thousands of them across the, you know, across the world. Um, so having a script contest as a way to find a script and then produce it is certainly not new or different, um, but it's not always the way I do it. Right. We're going to take the break in a moment, but I just want to say back to you, that's been a fascinating insight oh, into great. how... Yeah, into how you as a passion project producer um, not only react to what you're presented with when you asked for scripts and ideas, but also the effect all of this has had on you in a positive way by giving you insights and giving you that sort of sense of that heart that you've obviously put into the film. So in our after the um, after the break which we're going to take now, we'll talk more about this, but it's absolutely a fascinating story. Okay. So we'll take the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guest is Dawn Fields. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We will be back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If you're a golf enthusiast and looking for some great golf properties in the desert southwest, you'll want to make the Golf Realty Network your weekly stop. Hosted by Jane and Al Anderson, the Golf Realty Network is all about living where you play on the golf side. You'll hear from the course pros and vendors, while the real estate side will bring you the top agents and brokers who know how to market or find your golf community home. Tune in to the Golf Realty Network, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety and rebroadcast weekly on Voice America Sports. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dawn Fields. Our topic is Shattered Love, a film about pain and devastation caused by Alzheimer's disease. Um, Let's now talk about the story of the film Shattered Love and the reaction to it by you and your colleagues when you were involved or when, as you are involved in making it. So, Dawn, please tell us the story of, of Shattered Love. Well... Like I said, the story came to me initially through a script contest. So the first time I was exposed to the story, I was sitting on my computer by myself, reading it, not knowing what to expect, not knowing anything about it. I didn't know what the film had to do with, you know, when you're you're going through a bunch of scripts that have been submitted, um, you never know what you're going to get. You don't know where this, it's kind of fascinating, really, and and a really fun thing to do. You know, every script takes you on this different journey and takes you down a different story and, and then sometimes even into a different world. And so it's, it's a fascinating experience um, to go into a story not knowing anything about it. I know that the way Hollywood is right now, it's impossible to go see a movie sometimes without knowing the whole story from the trailer. And I think that's so unfortunate. It bothers me so much because... 
there's something so organic and beautiful about not knowing moment to moment, line by line, what's going to happen. And the beauty with this script is it's developed and created in such a way that you start out reading the story and you think it's one thing. And then as the story starts progressing, you start to wonder and question what it's about. And then by the very end, where there's the shocking twist ending, it takes your breath away. And you're like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? And so it's, it's been a challenge, actually, with this project to pitch it to people and tell them what it's about and have them get the full effect of it without giving away the twist. Um, so when you ask me to talk about the story, it's, well, it's like, <laughs> there's always that dilemma. It's like, hmm, do I actually just tell him what the whole thing's about, or do I leave that doubt? Do I leave him wondering? You know, because I still try to get people to go to the website and just read the script without knowing too much about it. And unfortunately, now that ob- it's obvious that it has something to do with caregiving and Alzheimer's, that already gives away more than I wish it did, honestly. But there's just really not a whole lot, a whole lot of ways around that. Um, but still, even to this day, my favorite thing is to just say to people, just go read the script and you'll get it. Just a quick response to you. Don't tell us the story anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but what I am going to say to you is this, that, you know, the idea of the twist, that's life, isn't it? And in that sense, that to somebody who has been successful, loving, wonderful in their lives, to be overtaken by this awful disease, uh, that's a twist of life, isn't it? And so in that sense, just the very fact that there is a twist um, gives it to me and I think to many people who've been through the experience in one way or another of Alzheimer's disease will also see as something that gives your your work that, that particular credibility. Now, I'm going to ask you to say more about what was it that engaged you uh, when you read those pages from that woman from England writing this story? What was it that, that engaged you? Well, I think... You know, I mentioned before, sometimes scripts take you into a different world, and this one certainly not only takes you into a different world, but it takes you into two different realities. And the truth about this disease, there's a couple of truths to it. One is dementia causes, you know, people's realities to shift. And what they, you know, it's, it's different what they're experiencing inside their head is different from what the world is experiencing outside their head. And that is one of the cruel things about the disease. But what's even more cruel is sometimes how it can change the person who's on the outside who can't deal with it. You know, this is a really, really tough disease to, to be a caregiver for. I can't imagine, knowing what I know now and the research I've done, and even just from this story, I cannot imagine. And all I can say is they are true heroes. Let's go now to your colleagues, the actors, film crews, the people you work with. 
What were their reactions to the story when they read it or when they heard about it? Dawn? Well, that was a very interesting experience for me as well, and this is what hit me kind of hard. This is when I realized how important the story was. Um, as I talked to people, agents, actors, directors, crew, the people who resonated with it the most, the people who wanted to work on it the most, and most of the crew is working completely volunteer, donating their time, their materials, or working for very little. Um, the, the core people, the director, the actors, the, the lead team, they had all been dramatically affected by somebody with Alzheimer's. And when I started, you know, after we got like 80, once we got like most of the cast and crew in place, I realized, oh my gosh, 80% of the people that have gotten involved in this film have a personal experience with, with Alzheimer's. And they didn't know that going in. They didn't become involved with the project because they heard it was about Alzheimer's. It just kind of happened organically. And that's when I realized, how prevalent is this disease? How, how rampant is it? How bad is this epidemic that just this handful of people that I'm dealing with in Los Angeles to make a little short film, what an indicator is that of how big of a problem this is if 80% of my cast and crew have been affected by it? And not in a small way. You know, somebody very close to them. And that's when I started doing the research and, and doing the numbers, and I had no idea going in. I, I, think it's, I think it's one of those things where you hear about it, you know, it might be mentioned in a movie, it might be the backstory of a movie, it might be a subplot of a movie, it might even be like films like The Notebook, it might even really be kind of the underlying premise of, of the film. But I don't think people realize how brutal it is. You know, even the notebook, yeah, it was painful, but it was kind of, you know, it was kind of um, wrapped up in a bow a little bit. Like, they, they really, they showed the heartbreak of it, but they didn't show the brutality of it. And as you as you mentioned before, or as I heard someone say earlier today, um, one of the one of the symptoms or byproducts of this disease is that the the person suffering can get violent and belligerent, and so it's it's not all this. Oh, I don't remember where I put my keys, or oh, I, you know, that's Granddad. He forgets everything. You know, a lot of people kind of think it's kind of funny, an old person who forgets. And what we, what we really wanted to do with this film is bring home that it is not funny. It can be brutal, it can be violent, it can be serious, and it can be life-threatening. Dawn, I'm going to ask you a bit more about this, the reaction of the actors and film crews and the effect on you. Here's a story within a story within a story, it seems to me, because you were learning... From the script, you were, if I may say so, awakened to the nature of Alzheimer's disease from what you were reading and what you were researching into. But here were the people who you were going to produce, so to speak, in creating the film, uh, reacting in a way that brought fresh insight to you. Now, that's a rather long-winded restatement of what you said, but my question is this. 
You learn something from the reactions, the human reactions of the actors and film crews. Does that happen a lot in your movie, in your filmmaking work, or is that something in itself that's unusual? Um, let me make sure I'm understanding the question correctly. Are, are you asking if it's typical to get such an emotional reaction out of people? Yes, and that okay. you, the producer, get such uh, an insight from the level of reaction that you got. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think it. I don't think it ever happens um, out here. I think that even even though there are a lot of very passionate people out here writing a bunch of really good scripts, um, really, really good scripts that drive a message home and hit hard with an audience and really kind of grab you by the throat and don't let you go emotionally, those kind of scripts are really, really, really hard to find. And I can tell you that I knew I had a winner here when I started sending the script out and everybody had an overwhelming visceral reaction to it. Everybody. I even had an agent at one of the biggest agencies in town tell me that it was the most emotional eight pages she had ever read. Now, at the time, the script was only eight pages. It's slightly longer now. But the story we had originally conceived, what we had told in eight, just in eight pages, we told this story. And everyone reacted so strongly to how can you put that much emotion that much message, pain, and devastation in eight pages. Like, nobody could believe it because that never happens out here. And in my 15 years plus of being in this business, I've never owned a project, worked on a project, or been involved with a project that, that, that had this kind of reaction from people. Thank you for answering that question in that way because that's the impression I get from talking to you that this was something outstanding and exceptional yeah. in every in every aspect mm -hmm. and that's profoundly important. Now, we're going to at this point go into the break because this is where we have to pay the rent. So we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guest is Dawn Fields. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. When you look at something that's been designed, whether it's clothing, architecture, or a work of art, do you stop and wonder about the inspiration and thought process that went into the design? Tune in to Dishing the Dirt on Design with hosts Ann Asher and Eleanor Schrader-Shapa. We'll take the mystery out of the creation process, along with revealing the backstory from art to fashion to travel and so much more. Listen to Dishing the Dirt on Design every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. 
Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dawn Fields. Our topic is Shattered Love, a film about pain and devastation caused by Alzheimer's disease. Um, now, I want to talk with you, Dawn, about the audience you're thinking of for the film and its message for particular communities and people. So first of all, Dawn, who should see the film and why should they see it? Well, I think that, without sounding like we're patting ourselves on the back, um, I think that we've, we've executed the story in such a way or created the story in such a way that anybody who would just love a good story would, would obviously love to go see this film. I mean, like I said, initially we didn't even tell people it had anything to do with Alzheimer's because we just wanted them to get the shock and the twist of it. Um, so we're kind of fortunate in that way. We have kind of two audiences. There's the audience that doesn't know anything about Alzheimer, doesn't necessarily think it has anything to do with that, who goes into this story just going, oh, this is kind of creepy, this is scary, what's going on with this? This is kind of shocking, I don't understand what's happening. And we draw them immediately into the story, and then by the end of it, we kind of give them the twist and deliver them a message that they didn't see coming. And then I think there's also a whole other group of people who have had experience with Alzheimer's, either as a sufferer, as a caregiver, or known somebody who has had to deal with it, who can relate to it. And, of course, this isn't going to be everybody's story. You know, this is, it's not going to relate to everybody's personal experience because there's just too many different experiences out there. But I've had a lot of people comment about how not necessarily that they went through this exact experience but they were, they were glad they didn't. Like one of the, one of the big messages we're trying to send with this film is kind of don't let this happen to you. You know, there are ways to prevent this. There are ways to get help. And so I think our audience is actually just very broad. I, I just, I can't think of anyone who wouldn't want to see this film. Now let's, talk more about the message that you would like the film to leave but particularly with family caregivers what's that what's the message for family caregivers there's a couple but i think for me the primary one is i don't think people realize how hard it is on the caregiver i just think that until you've gone through it or until you've experienced it through something like this like like through a film where you can kind of feel what's happening on the screen and feel what the characters are going through. And by the way, that's one of the things that's so amazing about the medium of film is we have the ability to put you inside somebody's head, put you in somebody's world so that you can relate and understand what they're going through. And I think, I hope through this film that caregivers in general will be affected by it in, in feeling that they're not alone and maybe that they have other options. And that maybe just, maybe somehow through this film, other people will kind of understand how horrible this is for them. We recently met um, the director of the Southland chapter of Alzheimer's Association. We were talking to her about the film. And um, she said, you know, it's one of those few diseases where the more acute it gets for the sufferer, the less they, they are aware a lot of times of their suffering. 
and the, but the opposite happens with the caregiver. It's like a it's like a it's like a balance that gets you know switched, and the the more acute the disease gets, the more aware and the more difficult it becomes for the caregiver. Let's ask another question about a message, and this is the one that you would like to, the film to leave with people who are starting to be concerned about their own memory and beginning to worry whether they are going to develop Alzheimer's disease. What's your message for them? Well, I think that they're they're going to go through what I went through when I first started researching this. I, I feel like there's just not enough people aware of the situation and how, not only how it's, you know, growing, like you said, because of the, the rate of our, our population growing, but also because it's one of those things that does progress. It can't currently, you know, really be cured. And what, it, it just forced me to do research. You know, just just being exposed to this through this project made me curious, made me want to know more, and I went in and I started researching. And you know, there are there are websites and things that I that you can go to where it'll give you a list of early warning signs and things to look for and stuff like that. So I hope that the film shakes people enough and grabs their attention enough to where if it's something that they're curious about or have been thinking about, that it'll simply just kind of force them to go learn more and get support. There's, also, there's an awful lot of support out there also, which is fantastic. And just real fast, I wanted to say, the, along those lines, the biggest message of our film is that these two people who are gro- going through this experience, things get this bad and they get out of control because they didn't have support. Or they didn't reach out for it or they didn't know where to get it or whatever. But... That's a critical message we want to leave people with is, you know, because of the Internet and because of the, the world the way it is, help is out there, resources are out there, and support is out there. And you need it. Dawn, you said a moment ago, in answer to a previous question, about how important you think it is that people actually get help quickly, whether it's family caregivers worried about a family member or, and this is the question I'd like to ask you now, people themselves who are starting to worry. And let's be straightforward about it. People who are beginning to age, and none of us would like to admit that we are, but we do. Um, we do have problems with memory from time to time. And so the question comes to us, well, is, is Alzheimer's what's starting to happen to me? Now, you'd said, and I strongly agree with you, which is why I want you to come back to it, that getting some advice soon is important. Please talk about that as a message from your film. Well, I think that had the characters in our film been, maybe lived in a different region, lived closer to to others, and lived in a, a bigger community... Um, they could have gotten help. We also kind of established that we don't really know exactly the time period of when exactly this started. We know we don't see any modern conveniences around them like computers and cell phones and stuff like that. So we're kind of implying that this this situation got as bad as it did because they are kind of on their own, whether that be by choice or 
you know, not by choice, but um, it's, you know, it's kind of two people who made promises to each other that they just ended up not being able to keep. And, but, but more importantly, I think what kind of sealed their fate was not having the support and the modern conveniences of information and research that we have now. And of course, and this just, this opens up a whole other topic, um, you know, of course, hopefully, with enough funding and enough research, maybe there will be some breakthroughs. Um, I, I know that there's all kinds of things going on right now that are helping with early detection, helping people prolong it, maybe stay it off a little bit. There's all kinds. No, no one really knows exactly what the what the answer is, but there's there's a lot of talk about diet, nutrition, exercise, all these things helping to prevent and delay. Um, so, I mean, there's, just, there's a lot of information out there, and unfortunately our characters in this movie didn't have access to it. So just to reinforce the point, because it's enormously important, Dawn, that people who are concerned within their families or about themselves should go and ask questions, seek support, get advice, understand what might be happening or might not be happening, so that at least they're doing something that other people have said is important. They're starting to think and to plan about what could be the future. So would it be a fair question to say that the two people featured who are portrayed in your film really didn't do any planning? Would that be a fair comment? Absolutely. And here's the other, here's the other thing. Um, Sometimes people have symptoms and they have an idea that maybe something's wrong, but they're too embarrassed or they're unsure and so they don't say anything. One of the things that might shed some light and, and help in the situation after people watch our film is it might make someone in the caregiver position a little bit more um, willing to step forward early on, even if the sufferer isn't, because they're going to be the ones that have to deal with this. And so maybe it will encourage people when they see signs in others to step up and get some help and, and get some, some assistance. Uh, because a lot of times, you know, the individual is too, too scared or confused to come forward on their own. That's a very powerful message, too, um, because it really says we need those of us in families to look around within the family about what's happening and in a way have the courage at least to talk about it among ourselves. Is that right? Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And, and again, um, uh, we, we haven't even gotten to this point yet, but um, Muse Watson, who played Frank James on NCIS, and he was also in Prison Break, very fantastic actor, veteran actor, been around acting. He's just he's such a... Um, a wonderful, fantastically experienced actor. He's playing our Norman, our lead character. And he brought up a really good point in an interview we did with him to say, you know, here were two people that had lived their whole life basing decisions, you know, making decisions together, helping each other, relying on each other to not only make decisions but to carry those decisions out. And then one of those people finds themselves in a position where that other person isn't helping them anymore. They're all alone. They don't have that person to help them make decisions anymore. And then they have to go in and make tough decisions that that other person may not have wanted them to make. But when that person's gone and can no longer be relied upon for reason and discussion and decision-making, it can be heartbreaking. 
So again, it comes to what I'm taking as the message from the film, and I haven't seen it, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, but that is, the warning signs are to be taken as just that. They're not um, something that is we have to be frightened of, but they are something that we need to take seriously and to act upon. And again, very briefly, I'm just asking you, that too, I think, will be a message from the film, will it? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The choices you make in the early planning stages are critical. And unfortunately for our couple in this movie, they made a very, very bad decision early on that was not realistic or feasible, which they had no way of knowing that at the time. But I think this film is going to help. You know, there's, there's, here's the truth. Some people can be successfully cared for at home and some people can't. I mean, I think that as much as we want to think that we can all stay home and we're going to have this fantastic caregiver and it's all going to be just fine and we're going to have happy, successful, you know, relatively happy and content lives, some people cannot. They're dangerous, they're uncontrollable, they're belligerent, they don't even know who they are anymore, so extreme situations happen. And then, and then all of a sudden it becomes dangerous and potentially life-threatening in some situations. I'm not saying in a lot, but sometimes things can escalate and go to a really bad place. Now, at that that point, I'm just going to stop you because we do have to take a break, but I'm just quickly going to say, yes, I think you're absolutely right in what you just said. So let's go to the break and we'll talk more after it. Uh, So this is Dr. Gordon Adderley and my guest is Dawn Fields. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Adoption changes a family forever. For the adopters as well as the adoptees, there are many adjustments that need to be made, from lifestyle to financial, and the personal rewards are unlimited. Listen every week for Your Adoption Coach with Kelly Ellison. We will examine in detail such topics as international and domestic adoption. We will talk with adoption professionals and hear stories about real families adopting. If you've been thinking about adoption or recently began the process, you'll want to tune in to be inspired every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dawn Fields. Our topic is Shattered Love, a film about pain and devastation caused by Alzheimer's disease. So, I want to ask you more, Dawn, about why the film Shattered Love matters, where people can watch it, and the help you need. So, first of all, 
key question. Why does the film matter and to whom do you want it to matter? I want it, I think it should matter to anyone who's experiencing anything related to this disease who feels like they're alone. That's the first thing. I, I hope that the biggest message we bring across here to people is you are not alone. Um, the other thing I want people to, to come away with with the film, I, I want it to matter to, like I said, there's two sides to it. I want it to matter to the people who are already familiar with or experienced with Alzheimer's, and I also want it to appeal to people who just love an emotional story well told. You know, because there are some people out there who love movies just for the sake of loving movies. It doesn't have to, you know, not every film has to speak to a cause or have a message or whatever. I think the beautiful thing about our film is it does, it does both. You know, we feel very strongly that it's a very well-told, very well-executed story that also just happens to tell a message and speak to a very important topic that's very important in our society right now. And it's, begun, it's going to become more important as time goes on. Um, I, I kind of, this seems to me very similar to the AIDS epidemic, where it was bubbling under the surface, people kind of knew about it, didn't really know what was going on, and then they figured out what it was, and then all of a sudden there was this big, you know, then they realized it was killing a lot of people, and they're like, okay, well now let's scramble to come up with the money, the research, and let's, let's fix it, let's solve it. And I kind of feel like Alzheimer's is going kind of that same direction. You know, the, the more people become aware, the more people die from it, the more urgent it becomes, which I think, you know, that's what's happening. We're getting there. I think then the money's going to start pumping in, the research is going to be there, and there might possibly end up being a cure for this. Right. Dawn, there are people who don't really welcome the idea of the reality of some of these things. That, that is to say, there's... And they're not bad people in thinking this, but maybe it isn't going to affect us, or maybe it isn't going to be so bad, or maybe it'll clear up. So there's a question then of the way people perceive what we'll call the reality of Alzheimer's disease. Does the, does the film matter to people who perhaps are a bit reluctant to accept the nature of the reality of Alzheimer's disease? Don? You know, it's it's hard to say what other people are going to accept and what what they aren't if they have a belief that's the opposite of the, the message you're trying to send. I, I do know that I've come across many people during the course of this project who have said to me, "Oh, you know, I would I would help you out and support your film, you know, instantly, and if if your film had a positive message." And you know, my response to that is, it's like, well, I totally understand that, totally respect that, and I do think there's a lot of good, positive things that can come out of continued research and continued support and training for caregivers. But the truth is, in the world of filmmaking, in the world of entertainment, what's going to get people's attention is not the happy ending, the happy-go-lucky you know, yes, there's room for that in Disney movies and stuff like that. But with something as hard-hitting and as devastating as this, I just don't think you can sugarcoat it and get people's attention. And what we're hoping is is that this film will be kind of shocking enough and kind of in-your-face and edgy enough to get the attention. And then those heartfelt, happy-ending movies can come after. 
you know, because sometimes it's like slapping somebody across the face to get their attention, and then you help heal them or you help, you know, make them feel better. Right. Now, next question. Where and when will people be able to watch the, the film? Well, our first uh, level of distribution strategy for the film are, are all the international and the national and international film festivals. That's the first place we'd like to get it out there. Um, short films are a lot different than feature films. They have to take a completely different distribution route because there are no buyers, per se, for short films, the way there are like studios and major money distribution channels <clears throat> for movies that you see on DVD and in the theater. You know, those all come with a price tag, so that's a big money machine that runs that whole distribution system. With short films, it's very difficult to get somebody to pay Nineteen ninety nine for a you know a ten minute short film. Um, so short films are kind of a different animal. They require a different distribution model, and the biggest way that we see to get this seen by the most number of people, which is always our goal, is to have it win awards and get some real notoriety at the major film festivals. And then after that run is over, we hope that it will be. Um, very beneficial, packaged up and sent out with educational and support materials. Now, I'm going to ask you a question about help um, that you may need. There's always a question of raising money, but there may also be a question of what help you need in raising awareness of the film. So, Dawn, what help do you need? Well, there's two ways that people can help us. We're currently um, running a, what's called a crowdfunding campaign. And a crowdfunding campaign is simply means it's a way to ask a lot of people for a little bit of money as opposed to asking one person for a lot of money. So there are websites out there, like the website that we're on, that allow people to go to the site and donate anything. Like our particular campaign, you can donate for as little as $15. You can donate for as much as $2,500 if you want to be a producer on the film. Um, so we have all kinds of different packages and different price, price points in between. But basically what, we'll, what we do for that donation is we give you something in return. We give you a perk. We give you... Um, like I said, we have producer credits, we have visits to the set, we have um, these beautiful purple wristbands that we've created that support Alzheimer's and caregivers. There's a lot of different ways um, that people could help there, but that works on, in two ways. If you can go there and donate, that's obviously the best way, but also maybe tell, tell a bunch of other people about it. You know, if you can't donate, maybe if you'll get the word out to someone who does have someone who's suffering, who does want to support the film, and you know, so that helps that way. Um, one of the other ways that we've created to, to raise money is we've created a memorial wall at the end of the, uh, end of the film credits, and what that is is for at a certain donation level on our site, if you donate $75 or more, you get your name or loved one's name put in the credits of the film, and that'll be like a big memorial scrolling wall at the end of the film. So we create a lot of different ways and a lot of different, you know, levels to participate at. I'm going to say to you that um, raising awareness, first of all, if I may say this, I hope that this episode of Family Caregivers Unite will assist you in raising awareness. Um, I'd be proud to think that it does. And I'd be proud because the things you've said have moved me 
you know, I'm a physician by background and I've seen some of the types of things you're talking about. But when somebody like you and your team begin to portray the reality, because you use the words pain and devastation, um, and you do it because you believe that this is a story that needs to be told, complete with its twist, then what you're doing is advancing knowledge. Knowledge that's every bit as important as the knowledge that when I was a medical researcher, I used to try to advance. And in fact, what you're doing may be even more important because of the awareness that you are starting to create. So that's what I want to say to you about that. Now, uh, we are going to be closing in a moment or two, but I just want to um, dwell on one or two other things. Um, First of all, all of us wish you every success in this work you're doing on the film, getting the story with its twist out to a wide audience in such a way that uh, messages are received and understood, discussed, are taken notice of, and influence decision makers. The people who allocate resources to research and to care and to provide services and those kinds of things. And once more, going back round the movie again, that making the point to you that I think I'd like to urge you to get the bureaucrats, to get the administrators, um, to get the CEOs, uh, to get the politicians watching your movie, your film, because um, getting through to them then may lead to the help lead to the kind of the other things that you're actually talking about. Absolutely. And you know, a lot of, um, a lot of, phil- uh, a lot of philanthropists go to these big major film festivals and stuff like that. And there are a lot of celebrities that, um, support and endorse Alzheimer's. So that's one of the things that's great about the film festival exposure is, you know, getting into all those, those festivals and getting in front of those people. You know, those people can make a lot of difference. They're very influential. Yeah. In this arena. And, you know, I will say, as far as raising awareness goes for us, we feel like the best way we can raise awareness is to get the film made, you know, yes. and, get, and get the film out there. Because if our film doesn't get made, we, I don't know how we as filmmakers are going to do that. Um, right. And that's where the plead comes in for donations and support and stuff like that. We know how to make the movie. We're professionals. We know what we're doing. We just need the funding to do it. <laughs> And we, you know, for us, our our awareness gets shut down if the film doesn't get made. So, I'm going to say to our listeners, when you look at the, you click on to listen to uh, this this episode, please listen to what Dawn was saying about the help she needs and the reason she needs it and the importance of getting this film out into the right places as quickly as possible. And that's where this idea of small amounts from large numbers of people becomes so powerful. This, in other words, is for the listeners a way of fighting this dreadful disease and supporting family caregivers who are the ones that still bear so much of the burden of Alzheimer's disease and all that goes with it.
Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my message, Dawn, on your behalf to our listeners, and I hope that uh, you will, as I've said before, be urgently successful in doing all the things that you've spoken about and getting the message across. Well, I just wanted to mention also, if people go to the website to where we're accepting donations, there's a video there that they can watch that explains the the film and the actors are talking about the, the thing. But there's also the script. If they go to that site, they have the opportunity to actually read the script. Right. Now, I also want to um, say to our listeners... We do welcome hearing from you, and if you have any ideas about how Dawn can get uh, more support of the kind she's been talking about, please get in touch with us. And we also want to hear from people who would like to be guests on the show or who have topics that they'd like to suggest, especially as they relate to the things that Dawn has been talking about. So, unfortunately, we've come to the end of a story that is powerful, that needs telling through the film, and it needs understanding by the audience who has much to experience from the film. Now, in our next episode of Family Caregivers Unite, we'll talk about the first collaborative international resource directory for dementia in Minneapolis. Please join us, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being right.